Welcome to Mind and Body Wellness. Heidi ho there. <laughs> Why did I start like that? Welcome to the first official Mind Body Wellness podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Goodridge, a music therapist in training, and this is a podcast all about my philosophy of health and care. Come along on this wild ride where we'll discuss what mental, spiritual, and physical health is and how to keep it. The Canadian Association of Music Therapists defines music therapy as a discipline in which certified music therapists, or MTAs, use music purposefully within the therapeutic relationships to support development, health, and well-being. Music therapists use music safely and ethically to address human needs with cognitive, communicative, emotional, musical, physical, social, and spiritual domains. If you want to learn more about music therapy and how you may benefit from it, the association will be linked down below. All that being said, welcome to the show. The theme of today's episode is circles, and no, I'm not talking about the circle of life, or I guess I kind of am. To use the academic word, I'm going to be talking about intersectionality. Now, you may have heard this word before in combination with feminism, but it is so much more. This theoretical framework was coined by Kimberly Crenshaw, an amazing black female legal scholar and co-founder of the African American Policy Forum. Talk about a powerhouse glass ceiling breaker. Her term intersectionality in its most basic form describes the overlap of your identities that create complex discriminatory acts possible. In human words, <laughs> I, a black woman, can be discriminated against for my skin and my gender, and that these two identities can combine to make an even bigger prejudice against me. Now, if that last example went straight over your head and you still have no idea what we're talking about, that's okay, because we're going to do an amazing exercise that will help you identify your intersectionality. Yes, I am talking about the social identity wheel. Wheel, circle, see what I did there? <laughs> the wheel was adapted from the Voices of Discovery from Arizona State University, and it is available as a PDF form pretty much everywhere on the internet, but I've also linked it down below. Okay, let's do this together, shall we? First category is ethnicity, and second, race. Me, I'm Canadian and Bayesian. Bayesian meaning from Barbados. And my race, now that's an interesting one. <laughs> I am mixed, black and white, and I classify my race as such. But the world perceives me as a black woman because I take after my black father. But we'll get more into perceptions later. Next, we have socioeconomic class, like lower, middle, or upper class. I know money is a taboo topic, but when talking about health, it's one of the most important factors. I'm a student, and because I'm a student, I'm dependent on my parents. So my economic status is technically my parents' economic status, which is upper middle class. But me, myself, dirt poor. <laughs> Next category is gender and sexual orientation, which I'm very open about, although it took me a long time to get there. So if you still aren't, that's totally okay. No pressure. I identify as female and my pronouns are she, her. 
and I am pansexual, which means gender is not a deciding factor for me. You may have a list of criteria of what a romantic partner would be for you, but me, gender's not on that list, not at all. Now, I hope you're still following along. At this point, you may be realizing that there is a lot of things that make you, you, and there are more categories to go. Next is age, I'm 21. Then national origin, I'm from Canada, eh? <laughs> These next three categories blew my mind. First, language. Second, physical, emotional, developmental ability. And lastly, spirituality. If you're like me and have never thought of these as critical identifying categories, the reason may be that you're privileged in these areas. I know I am. My first language is English, which is universally the most privileged of languages. Everyone around the world is expected to know English, whether that's when they move to an English-speaking country or they work in their own country that just has a lot of tourism. Now, my physical, emotional, and developmental ability is really good, actually. I've had my fair share of mental health problems, but I am so fortunate that it did not fully limit my life like it does for some others. When you're able, it's hard to realize your privilege because the world was made by and for able people. Think when's the last time you had to make sure that a place you were going to had a ramp? When's the last time you thought about where the doorknobs are on a door? Is it too high? All these things never cross our minds as able people. The last category on the social identity wheel is your religion slash spirituality. Myself, I have a rather meandering <laughs> spiritual path. Right now, I identify as pagan, which for me means that I do not follow just one religion. You could also call it as polytheistic. But that is easily hidden. I don't wear indicators of my faith like someone with a hijab or cross does. So you would only know my religion if I told you. Now you're probably asking, Kayla, what does this have to do with your philosophies? Well, sit back, sit back, I'm going to tell you. You sitting there right now doing whatever you're doing are an amazing culmination of all these factors and so much more. And you deserve to be treated that way. You don't live in a vacuum, so why would we treat you in a vacuum? I'm sure we can all agree that society is um, interesting right now. And if it hasn't made you question your identity and ideals, well, I don't know what to tell you. What I'm most interested in, and the reason I had you do this exercise with me, is because your identity could be radically different than your perceived identity. That difference can influence our health on so many levels. Like I said earlier, I'm mixed, but the world perceives me as black, meaning I'm a victim to all the same racist, discriminatory behavior a black person experiences. Yet my brothers, that both take after my white mother, are perceived as white. So they're basically the most privileged person in the world, white men. My siblings and I have the same parents, aka the same genes, and still half of the family doesn't have to experience the same racism the other half does. And my family isn't the only one. We've got Halsey, the famous singer. She's perceived white, but she's mixed. Nicki Minaj is Indian, Japanese, and African. She's perceived as black. Now this one might rock your socks off. KJ Appa, 
a.k.a. Archie from the hit show Riverdale, has the same roots as Dwayne The Rock Johnson. The former, Archie, is perceived as white, and Dwayne is perceived as black, yet they are both actually Samoan. And there are so many more just like this. As a fun exercise, look up one of your favorite celebrities and see what their ethnicity is and what you thought it was. Perceived race is one of the biggest deciding factors of my life, and unfortunately, because of the world we are currently in, I will be seen as less than my white perceived brothers. Remember, it's not just race. I have examples like this for every single category of the social identity wheel. My emerging philosophy is that I will embrace the whole person, the real them. No more perceived this and perceived that. My goal in my practice, and life in general, is to validate people's lives and social identities. What I'm about to tell you may seem like a small thing, but as a mixed person, it really grinds my gears. Okay, I want you to remember back to the last form or survey you had to fill out. You know, it asks your name, your age, maybe your city, depending on what the form is for. And then you scroll down the page, and here comes those dreaded questions. What race are you? What race are you? Well, how am I supposed to tell you when you only have five options? You know, there's white, black, or sometimes called African-American, as if that's all the equality we ask for. Then they'll have Asian, maybe Southeast Asian, if you're lucky, then probably Hispanic, and then other. Are you kidding me? I can name you at least five more races off the top of my head. And then where's the option for biracial people? I'm changing that, and I challenge you to change that too. And yes, I know it would be ridiculous if I put down every possible biracial combination, and I would for sure miss some. But you know what an easy-peasy, lemon-hella-squeezy the solve would be? One more option. One word. Eight letters. Biracial. Then space. Done! That easy! You have the biracial option, then leave a space for them to write in what they identify with. Oh, oh, here! An even easier one. Just let us pick multiple options. Oh, wow! I know, crazy idea! But race isn't even the only one needing to be changed on the form. It's just the easiest to visualize and personally affects my life constantly. Plus, with this past year, race has really been brought to the forefront, which it should be. Now, I hope you see how this is only a small change towards what society should be, but it's a manageable change. I'm a realist. I know the world is not going to change overnight, but this can. This one example out of many I could give would be a great start to correct the structural racism in our society. Okay, you still with me here? We're going to focus now on the idea of the true social identity, not the perceived one. In my personal growing philosophy, I connect this social identity wheel with the indigenous medicine wheel. See, another wheel. I told you this episode's all about circles. For those of you who don't know, and for those of you who do, the medicine wheel is a holistic view of a person. Kelly Lorla and Lee Willingham, in their essay, Drum Circles and Community Music, Reconciling the Difference, 
beautifully explain the most basic form of the medicine wheel. On page 143 to 144, they say that the circle guides perspective, movement, and strategies, among other things, for how to live, heal, and develop as a human being. Metaphorically, the circle can be seen as having four directions, east, south, west, and north. In each direction, there is an aspect associated with human beings. Thus, the east quadrant of the circle is associated with the spiritual aspect, the south with the emotional, the west with the mental, and the north quadrant with the physical aspect of human life. This medicine wheel encompasses the whole individual, like the social identity wheel does. Yet both of them talk about different aspects of the human. You could say that uh, the social identity wheel has more to do with your person in society, where the medicine wheel has more to do with your internal person. In my emerging philosophy, I propose the combination of these two circles to make a fully external, internal, holistic view of a person. Before I continue, I would like to acknowledge the societal issue of appropriation and how Indigenous and Native American people are notoriously appropriated from. I have done extensive research to make sure that what I'm saying to you is accurate and allowed. I am not an Indigenous person, so I know that, for example, I cannot perform smudging ceremonies. But the medicine wheel is an open practice. Open practice means that anyone, no matter their affiliation, can use and learn from that practice. Of course, I'm not just going to say I did research and not give you the research. The first and most compelling to me is the personal correspondence I have had with Indigenous peoples. On the popular social media platform TikTok, there is a beautiful community of Indigenous and Native American creators and educators. A lot of these creators use their platform to share accurate information about their culture and to help people understand what appreciation, not appropriation, is. I have also put the usernames of many influential Indigenous TikTokers below. Make sure to check them out. I myself have TikTok, so I made a video asking the Indigenous TikTok community to help me understand the medicine wheel more. I specifically asked if it was an open practice and if I, a non-Indigenous person, and you, my listener, could incorporate the wheel into our own philosophies. And the answer I got back? Yes! Not only did Indigenous and Native American peoples tell me, Kayla Goodridge, that I and the people that listen to my podcast are allowed to practice the medicine wheel, there are also tons of academic resources saying the same thing. One of my favorite is an article by Gottlieb, and I hope I'm saying your last name right, called Cultural Appropriation in Contemporary Neo-Paganism and Witchcraft. This article goes through what non-Indigenous people can and can't do. She references smudging and how non-Indigenous people cannot do that. We can, however, smoke cleanse. This is the same idea as using the smoke of dried herbs to cleanse a space, but without the religious components. Another example she gave is the use of dream catchers. Non-Indigenous people are widely allowed to have dream catchers as long as they are purchased from Indigenous people. Basically, if the money is going back to the indigenous community, then you can buy what the community is selling. Then finally, she goes on to explain the medicine wheel, and she talks about how it is an open practice. The last resource I have for you is from the article, The Medicine Wheel, an Ancient Symbol in Modern Society. I love this one, because it doesn't just say that it is an open practice, it tells us 
as non-Indigenous people how to properly use the medicine wheel. I want to paraphrase a paragraph for you. Ha, paraphrase of paragraph. Say that 10 times fast. <laughs> I want to do this because I could not have said it any better myself. They say, Using the medicine wheel is to be able to define oneself in terms of one's relatedness to their surroundings and to realize that learning the central characteristics is an achievement. Okay, okay, okay. I've talked your ear off about the definitions and ins and outs of the social identity wheel, both real and perceived, and the medicine wheel. All resources I have used will be linked down below. Give them a read. Let's get into some personal stuff. Throughout my own healthcare journey and the creating of my philosophy of care, I have done a lot of self-reflection. And the one thing that everything always seems to come back to is that I want to be seen and validated in all aspects of who I am. My race, my gender, my spirituality, my emotions, my physicality, all of it. Every problem I've found so far comes back to someone not seeing all aspects of my person, whether that's someone else or myself. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. I bet you can think of at least two times that the issue was caused by someone not seeing all of you. Yeah, that time, that one you're thinking of. And if I and now you have the self-reflective abilities to see this pattern, why would we not help someone else in the same pattern? My goal as a music therapist will be to create a space where everyone can come in being their whole authentic self and being loved and recognized for that self. A safe space where your pronouns will be used, your name will be used, you will be seen and respected for all of the spiritual, emotional, and mental capabilities you have. The first step is to acknowledge these parts of the person. So that form we were talking about earlier, yeah, remember that? The one with more options of race and gender? That's the first step in any establishment recognizing you for you. And that directly turns into the employees of that establishment respecting you for you. I guess the whole idea of the circle of you and my philosophy is to just let you be you, to give a safe space to explore you, to give you help that is actually for you, and to help you help others to see the real you. The circle of you is not acknowledged or respected everywhere, but it will be with me, with my future practice, and now with you. I hope through this whole episode, you at least take away that there are many aspects of who you are and that each and every one of them is valid. Today, I challenge you to make the circle of you part of your own philosophy, to accept and validate your own self. Well, that's it for today, but not forever. I hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Mind Body Wellness Podcast. Hit that like and subscribe to get notifications when new content comes out. You can also find me, your host, Kayla Goody, on Instagram and Facebook at IJustWant underscore art. Yep, I-J-U-S-T-W-A-N-T underscore A-R-T. Thanks for listening. Wellness.